what forgiveness is. This series, we've covered a lot of topics. We're almost at the end. Um, we began with uh, some definitions of what we thought forgiveness was, and that was really exciting. Uh, that was new to me to explore many different concepts of how forgiveness impacts us. Then we talked about um, what it is not. That, I, t- I still think it's the most powerful part of the series when we unlearn um, misconceptions of what we thought forgiveness was. And when they're brought out and, and magnified and you realize how dumb they are, you go, no wonder I've been having trouble forgiving because I believe that. And that's not the same thing as forgiveness. So last week we jumped into what it is. What is forgiveness? And so we're going to continue just a little bit on that. And then we're going to talk about some hindrances today uh, as to why some of us maybe don't forgive. And then next week we're going to get into how to forgive, which is really the big one. And a lot of people are wondering, how then do I walk through this forgiveness thing? Well, let's take a look at Philip Yancey's quote here. Jesus forgave a thief dangling on the cross, knowing full well the thief had converted out of plain fear. That thief would never study the Bible, never attend synagogue or church, and never make amends to those he had wronged. He simply said, Jesus, remember me. And Jesus promised, today you will be with me in paradise. It was another shocking reminder that grace does not depend on what we have done for God, but rather what God has done for us. There's no self-effort in here. There's, there's no credit we can take to say, ah, but I believed, and then the transaction happened, and that way we take credit. But instead, when we see what happened to the cross, nobody had a chance to repent. Nobody had a chance to say, oh, I need a Savior, because Jesus came while we were still enemies. While we were still blind, he came and did that. So that's something really to think about, especially when it comes to this forgiveness topic. Next. Oh, I turned mine off. Sorry, that's my fault this time. Forgiveness is, and this is what we talked about last week, forgiveness is an event and a process. And I think people tend to run ahead sometimes. They may think they have done the event, which is probably legit, except they forget there's a process of working this out through our emotions, through our thinking. The act of forgiving is the event, but walking in it is a process, and it can take a really, really long time. I've watched people walk out the process online, which is never wise, ever, especially on social media, (laughs) you know, when they're hurt, and then they vent, and then they process, and they just display all their stuff. Well, there's a piece, couple pieces of wisdom that we can learn from this. Speak from your scars, not your open wounds. Wait for the healing to come before you try to become a mentor. I've even had people say, well, this event happened to me, so now I have a great testimony. Oh my goodness, really? How many have heard something like that before? God doesn't let stuff happen to you so you get a testimony. That's ridiculous. He's walking with you through it. He grieves with you in your pain. When it hurts, he's right there with you. Not thinking, ooh, I got a great idea for this pain. (laughs) Okay, that mindset's way too churchy. This, uh, This is more about walking out life every day in the details of things that happen around us. Next, 
if you don't heal what hurt you, you'll bleed on people who didn't cut you. This is a big wake-up call. Sometimes we have a hurt that hits us, and we just spill over all the pain because we're still bleeding big time. And the people that love us the most are there catching it and having to somehow manage your pain. And I tell you, please don't hurry this process. This process can take a really long time. And I'm talking years. I remember the story of my mom again, the graveside story I gave you. That was four years after she died. Four years God was doing a process in me. And now I'm experiencing something quite free. There are other stories that I hear in other people's lives that it's been years and years and years and years, like 10 years, 20 years, when that moment of, wow, I'm free from that after all this time, I had no idea. 20 years later, don't rush it. In fact, surrender your crises into God's calendar, into God's process of working all things together for good in your life. Don't misread tragedy in your life or hiccups or blindsides as God punishing you or doing something negative to you. You have to look at a healthy parent for this to get a good picture. You don't see parents, well, I see bad parents do it, but you don't see a good parent helping their kid ride a bike and then go, boom, there you go, learn how to fall off. <laughs> Who does that? Nobody should, Okay. That, but that's how some people view God and how they declare God to be like. Every picture that I'm now seeing in Scripture, I'm starting to see God as a God of love because He is love. And if He is love, then I need to re-read or rethink my lens of how I've read certain texts that He's actually for us. It's going to change your whole life if it's true. It's going to change how you treat other people, it's going to change how you treat yourself. And when you start to see yourself as loved and begin to love yourself, oh my goodness, then you can authentically love others. So why, what are some reasons why we may not want to forgive? You know, pride is probably one of the biggies. Pride. Forgiveness makes me look weak. I want to feel stronger and superior in this situation. After all, I'm in the right, and it would be wrong for me to give in. That's a pure pride statement. It locks you from forgiving somebody, regardless of the hurt. And let me clarify real quick, because I know I've heard some responses from individuals over this whole series. Some of this stuff has to do with really big, deep hurts. I've said it several times in the series, but it's easy to think that I'm dealing with only the nice little slight oopses, I spilled your coffee, or you know, uh, a misunderstanding, a, a light one. This is, I'm talking some deep hurt, sometimes from way, way back. Not everybody, but it's very possible. So be careful not to um, apply this to just the little or smaller hurts, which are still real. But you know what I mean. There, there's different levels of intense pain that happen to us. Pride is often the very thing which is keeping a person in bondage and hindering their spiritual growth and maturity. And we are called to continually grow and mature. Number two, your ego, your flesh, your coping mechanisms that we use to manage our own lives. Forgiveness takes away our excuses. It brings freedom 
And freedom, for some, is really scary. It's sometimes so much easier not to forgive. It's so much easier to, to live in your self-controlled moment of controlling your, your uh, surroundings of how people respond to you, but to then have to give that up and not try to control, give up being understood. That's a hard one. We give up the right to be properly understood. We may not be able to get to go back and find out people's motives for why, what happened. What is that? Control. You don't need to know that. Your ego doesn't have to control. This is about yielding, surrender, and letting Christ in you do the managing. Let him be the operating system and how we function and, and how we connect with the people around us and the situations around us in any given moment. Oh, there we go. Control. I forgot that was up there. Control. We want to control. Forgiveness may take, make us feel out of control. Sometimes unforgiveness puts us in control, but unforgiveness and control is a myth. It's an illusion. You think you're in control, but you're not. How much do we really control? I, I do enough funerals, and I know for sure we're not very good at controlling the future. You can't plan certain events, certain crises. Crises will hit for everybody. We're going to have crises. But as the Holy Spirit begins to mature us, we're becoming prepared to face them when they hit us better, not so reactive. Let the Holy Spirit be the softener of your heart and your soul. Fear is another big reason we don't forgive. If I forgive, I may get hurt again. The truth is you are going to get hurt again, regardless of what you do. To try and protect yourself from ever being hurt again, that's, that's a false expectation for yourself and a false thing to put on others. Not fair. That's you trying to control again. Stop trying to control everything. It's a weird place to walk and surrender. It's a strange thing to let go of people's opinions of you. It's a strange thing to release family members, loved ones, co-workers, bosses, you name it. And Father, whatever you want. If you want me to love them a certain way, then reveal it to me at the moment and teach me how to listen to your voice. Oh, right, that part. <laughs> That's what this maturing process is about. Teaching us to hear the voice of Christ in us all the time. You don't need a sermon. You don't need a Bible to dictate to you what to do. You need the Spirit of Christ who will guide you and direct you. And he uses scriptures. He uses people in our lives and whatever. But it's the Spirit of Christ in us that we are to listen to. That's the voice. The true Word of God, capital W, W-O-R-D, Word, Jesus. He is the Logos, not the Scriptures. Scriptures point to Jesus. They always have. Hmm. Refusal. Ooh, this one's good. And this probably just smarted somebody. Ignoring the problem will eventually make it go away. How is that working for you? When this is done, the problem just gets buried and resurfaces later. As a result, unresolved baggage from the past gets brought up in the present. You can bury stuff. And a funny thing, your body sometimes does it for you. Did you know that? Especially childhood traumas. Major 
shocking hurt has hit people, and they have no recollection of it, but the cells in their body remember, and it comes out later in life as we go through healthy therapy. There's been uh, individuals who've even had heart transplants that I've read about, and the heart got transplanted into a new person, and that person began to have memories from the person who owned the heart in the first place. Freaky stuff. Do I get it? No. But what it does, it puts it on the menu now as, huh, here's a category I didn't think of, of how this stuff can affect us and how memories can come. Even in my own counseling, it was beautiful to walk through, well, it was painful, I'll tell you that. Three years of walking through the stuff that I had to walk through, but and again, it was years, years ago. But the process revealed things, and it was layer by layer by layer by layer, even thin layers. And it was the Holy Spirit using that person to help me find a place of healing to a place I couldn't have not have done on my own. Absolutely not. Hence, we need the body of Christ. Each one of us brings gifts to help the whole body grow and heal. Revenge. Oh, we're ticked. Oh, yeah, this will stop us from forgiving. We pay back. Oh, yeah, they're going to get their own. Half of our movies today, especially with uh, Liam Neeson. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to kill that guy. He killed my son. <laughs> like, okay, that's the theme of the movie. We know what it's about. Okay? That, that's a common running theme, as if it's okay. These themes run in our culture, almost giving a subtle, quiet permission that revenge is okay. When, honestly, if, again, please, if you're just checking into the series now, go back and find out what forgiveness is not and what it is. Because the event of forgiveness is critical. And the process of working that out can take a long time. We, we talked briefly about that. But in that heartbeat of a moment when it, the pain is hit and we want revenge, we can still yield that and say, Father, it's between you and me. Forgiveness, for, relational forgiveness, is between you and your Heavenly Father. That you have to remember for this entire series. This is about you and Him. First. After that, let God work it out. Don't you try to help out. He doesn't need your help. Sometimes we're trying to help the Holy Spirit out because then we go running and confronting people because we've forgiven them. <sighs> Talk about more pain, <laughs> unnecessary, unhealthy processing. So remember, when, re when revenge comes in, let the Holy Spirit whisper in your ear, forgive. But I don't want to. That's fine. Forgiveness is between you and your Heavenly Father. Forgive. And I've done this. I said, Father, I forgive them, but man, I'm ticked. Oh, I'm allowed to be? Really? No way. Okay, then, okay. If I can get through that mess, I'm good. I can, be, I can forgive and still be ticked and allow those emotions, the process, to work its way through me. But I have forgiven. Oh, right, and then I re-forgive. <laughs> and then re-forgive. You might do it 100 times a day until a year later. You're only doing it once or twice a week. And then two years later, every couple of months, you got to re-forgive and process can take time because there are deep hurts in our world. And right here, sitting here, there have been many deep hurts in the past. And some of you know what I'm talking about. And that this process is real. Lack of understanding. Reasons we don't forgive. They do not understand God's forgiveness towards them. You cannot give what you do not have. 
You see, that's why I started this series in session number two, the source of forgiveness. We need to begin with the source. Who is the great forgiver? It is Jesus, and he has forgiven. And until you realize, and if you don't know at the moment of revenge or whatever those emotions are, if you don't realize you are walking in a state of being forgiven, then you're going to believe you're not. And now you got to relearn again or be reminded of what this was all about. At least an element of it, not all of it. This is, this is a contributing factor to the revelation of our forgiveness. Lack of forgiveness can be an issue. I really have never really forgiven myself. Before we can truly extend forgiveness to others, we must forgive ourselves as well. This is probably one of the most difficult parts of how to forgive. <laughs> I'll touch on it next week or when we get to it. But forgiving yourself. Some of us feel so guilty for what we've done. I know God forgives me, but I can't forgive myself. Did you hear that? Can you hear how that sounds? Here's God's standard. Forgiven. Oh, but mine. (laughs) So much higher. I think it's time to rethink. Revisit. First of all, God's love for you. That he has forgiven you. That he values you. He has forgiven you. All right. Unfair. Is forgiveness fair? Nope. It is not fair. Not at all. However, I will say this. Forgiveness is not for the other person. Do you remember that? Forgiveness is for you. For your healing. Paul Young said, you know, forgiveness is letting go of the other person's throat. (laughs) Or, as someone else said, not forgiving is like drinking poison and hoping the other person will die. You're in a prison. I've said this at funerals too. When you don't forgive, you become locked into an internal prison, a large prison, only to find out you're the only one there. When this forgiveness happens between you and your Heavenly Father, when you repent, surrender, and by the way, proper wording to ask for your own forgiveness, so to speak, is to declare something that is very true already. Instead of begging God for something that is already yours, instead we can say, Father, thank you that I am forgiven already. I'm having a hard time believing it right now, but your truth says I am And I understand that my behavior and attitude is inconsistent with my identity. I surrender this to you. Make what is true of me deep in me, my union with you. Make it true out through my attitude and then through my actions, I surrender. That's instead of, dear God, forgive me. (laughs) Please forgive me. Ah." I've done that for years. As if it's not happened. That's what I mean. That's why I'm making fun of it. Because when you say, please forgive me for such and such. And by the way, if you have to use those words, it's okay. God's big enough. He's, He's helping you understand. You're in a process of your own. The wrong words aren't the issue. He'll correct that. And don't go correcting everybody else's wrong words. Really? You're not the correction police. All right? The Holy Spirit's the one who teaches us. But pray from a place of knowing you are forgiven.
passively waiting uh, for the person to come ask for forgiveness. I've been taught in church, and this goes back to one of the lies, uh, back in the 14 reasons why, uh, what forgiveness is not, is we've been led to believe that we don't have to forgive unless they come ask us for forgiveness. How many have heard that one? Really? Only a few of you? Okay, but that's a common teaching in our Western culture in churchianity, that that is a thing. And therefore, I don't have to if they don't come. If they're not sorry, I don't have to forgive them. <laughs> and then when they come, oh, they didn't really mean it. You see where it goes? <laughs> it's, it's nuts. Passively waiting, don't wait. Because if forgiveness is between you and your Heavenly Father, do it now. Why wait? Do you trust your Heavenly Father? Oh, is that the issue? You don't trust God? Maybe you've been sold a couple wrong images. You've got some wrong paintings on your wall of who you think God is. They need to be replaced with more accurate, clearer pictures. Or maybe your glasses are smudgy and you can't see the pictures clearly. God is in the business of opening your eyes to see, of revealing. And it was Paul who said, it was Christ revealed, not out there. He said, where? In us, in him. It's like, oh my goodness. And I've heard a number of testimonies of people uh, sharing a story of how God woke them up, but the voice came from inside. Okay. An unrepentant attitude. They're not sorry for what they did. But, like I said, remember, forgiveness is primarily for your benefit. In releasing them, you end up freeing yourself. Hypocrisy. This one's a good one. If I forgive, I'll be acting like a hypocrite. Listen to this carefully. This is critical, especially if that is a reality. By the way, this, this is big. Because I think the church at large, Western church especially, totally doesn't understand the word hypocrite. I'll tell you in a minute. Because you are in Christ, it is your nature to forgive. We are acting hypocritical when we do not forgive, when we do not live our lives based on feelings. We live by faith in Christ. So, again, this is an internal thing. I'll just pick on Dave for a minute. Let's say I need to forgive Dave for something and he's, he's hurt me, and I, I have forgiven him, and I'm going to try to act like he's forgiven, and I'm going to try to be kind. He knows I'm t- I was ticked and hurt. So he sees my action as a, what is this? You know, I'm trying to be kind and nice. I'm trying to act like who I really am. It's not about feelings. This is about acting like who you really are. Hypocrisy is not about your feelings. Hypocrisy is about true identity, not living from the truth of God, of what he says about you. When you believe a lie, that's hypocrisy. When you live that out, that's hypocrisy. Instead, you are a forgiver because you're one with Christ and he is a forgiver. Be who you really are. It's like Dave, if he were to get mad at me for being nice, you know, and he does his little pody thing, you know, I'll say, come on, Dave, be a man, you know. Does that mean he's not a man? Did he just switch to child? Did something weird happen? No. I'm calling to who he really is, man. Be one. Be who you are. Act like who you are. Be a saint, people. 
<laughs> be righteous. Be holy. You already are. Now be. Oh, that requires you to know who you are in Christ. Timing. I'm waiting for the right time to feel like forgiving. You know, I'm going to meditate some more. Hum. No feeling yet. Hum. The time is right now. Now is the time. At this very moment, as you're listening to this conversation, now is the time you can scream to your Heavenly Father, I forgive, now help my attitude. <laughs> the man who prayed for faith, help, I believe, but help my unbelief. Same awesome prayer. Now, don't wait. Fear of the past. You're afraid to stir up old feelings. The life of Jesus is like a river of living water flowing up out of us. Unforgiveness can block that flow. Emotionally, not literally. Subjectively, not objectively. Fear of the past. I'm going to get hurt again. There's a bit of a pattern here. They keep doing this to me. Well, maybe there's ways you may need to make some changes in order to get out of those patterns. A distancing yourself from certain individuals because they're so toxic. Like, there's some honest lessons to learn here. In fact, if you're really struggling with that and you've got a big issue going on, please see a professional counselor, a licensed professional counselor. Get some advice. Talk to some other spiritual individuals that you, ha you know have a good insight. And watch the advice become consistent. But get, get some proper help. And the number one reason why we don't forgive, I think, is because of all the lies we believed of what forgiveness is not. If you've not heard that part of the series, those are three messages. Go and listen to them. They are big. They are big. Yes. <laughs> Holding a grudge is letting someone live rent-free in your head. Unforgiveness, same thing. Forgive anyone who has caused you pain or harm. Keep in mind that forgiving is not for others, it's for you. Forgiving is not forgetting. It is remembering without anger. It frees up your power, heals your body, mind, and spirit. Forgiveness opens up a pathway to a new place of peace where you can persist despite what has happened to you. Huh. That's a good one. Never speak from a place of hate, jealousy, anger, or insecurity. Evaluate your words before you let them leave your lips. Sometimes it's best just to be quiet. Nobody escapes being wounded. We are all wounded people, whether physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually. The main question is not how can we hide our wounds so we don't have to be embarrassed, but how can we put our woundedness in the service of others. When our wounds cease to be a source of shame and become a source of healing, we have become wounded healers. Henry Nouwen wrote that. Almost done. Never wish them pain. And by the way, that, that's an attitude called fruit of Christ. If this becomes an honest reaction, that's pretty cool. Not, it, that's not who you are. If they caused you pain, they must have pain inside. Wish them healing. That's what they need. I remember one time, one person really hurt me and my family. And uh, it was a couple years later, walking through a mall, and there he was with his family. And, went, and honestly, it was like a, <gasps> I thought, well, what the? I didn't like him before. 
But there was a, hey, so-and-so. And at that moment, that millisecond, the Holy Spirit said, ah, I've done the healing work in you. It's like, whoa. He was not too happy to see me, but we shook hands and on we went. <laughs> but that's evidence. And it's those little microbursts of hope and microbursts of revelation and moments of, whoa, I, I, I couldn't even have thought this one on my own. That's Jesus at work in you. It's happened to me this week a few times. I'm thinking, Jesus, that was you. Thank you. I'm not smart enough to figure all this out. Thank you for that option and my reaction being different than what I've been accustomed to. Man, I hate growing up. <laughs> but I love growing up because now I'm seeing the joy of my salvation. I'm seeing the joy of it. Until you heal the wounds of your past, you're going to bleed you can bandage the bleeding with food, with alcohol, drugs, with work, with cigarettes, with sex, but eventually it will all ooze through and stain your life. You must find the strength to open the wounds. Stick your hands inside. Pull out the core of the pain that is holding you in your past, the memories, and make peace with them. This is counseling. This is the journey. Next week, I will touch on this, on how to. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. <laughs> you can't end on a better slide. God is light. In him, there is no darkness. And his light does shine through darkness. And if you have a perceived darkness you're walking through, his light is right there. Open your eyes and see it. Ask him to open your eyes and see the light in you and the hope in that darkness. It's a good news day. I hope your hearts are encouraged. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, will you be our teacher? Will you be our path that we are walking on? Will you be the light to illuminate that path? Will you be the strength the muscles to move one leg forward to take one more step and then the next. Will you be that source as we yield all trust to you? And more importantly, remind us we're loved, accepted, and completely valued. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.